0: This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com.
1: Headline news. A fourth straight weekly drop in first-time jobless claims. Here's Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington.
0: The latest data from the Labor Department showing new applications for unemployment benefits fell modestly last week, while the number of people still drawing benefits unexpectedly rose the week before. Analysts say it means the job market's recovery continues at a glacial pace.
1: Why do you care about job market recovery? Do you care about your home price? Then you should care about job market recovery. So, it's slow. What drives real estate prices higher? Sometimes it's location, location, location. But part of that location, location, location crap is that it's located close to jobs. So if companies are cutting jobs, that location, location, location crap goes out the window. Just keep that in mind. That's why you care. Tomorrow, we're going to get more reports from the government on April retail sales. Why do we care? Because if we're spending it as a nation, we're creating jobs more than likely. Most analysts are expecting we'll see a slight increase in total sales and a bigger half percentage rise in sales, excluding autos. Elsewhere in the world of news, there's growing anger. Now, we knew this was going to happen. And there's growing frustration at the leaders of European countries. They're trying to manage their finances in the, and, and ultimately, uh, trying to manage their finances in the, 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 the sphere where Greece is weak, the Euro is weak, there's a bailout that no one really feels comfortable. In. Like the company that's giving the bailout, they don't care. The countries that are doing the bailing out, they care. Fox Radio's Phil Itner has the details.
0: Portugal today became the latest European country to announce severe new austerity measures to cover the cost of bailing out the euro. Spain and Greece already announced their plans, and European citizens don't like it. Protests are springing up all over. Leaders are facing serious criticism. German Chancellor Angela Merkel says the entire union is facing an existential crisis. About the very nature of the EU. In London, Phil Inner, Fox News Radio.
1: I'm facing my own crisis these days of extensionalism, but that's neither here nor there. And again, it just shows you that um, the European Union in good times, we saw what it had to offer. The European Union in bad times, it's a little bit more tough. And we're starting to learn more and more about the words like austerity. We're starting to hear conversations with like, well, what's happening in Greece, will that happen in the United States and particularly in California? I don't think so for 10, 20 years. Down the road, I think it's a bigger problem than you might think it might be. Next up, a popular clothing store reaches an agreement with the state of New York over transgendered workers. I know you're saying, oh, good God, where are we going with this one? Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports.
0: New York's Attorney General says American Eagle outfitters must allow men to dress like women and women to dress like men. The retailer, in violation of New York's human rights law, accused of discriminating against the transgendered. Under the settlement agreement, American Eagle did not admit to wrongdoing, but they did agree to make changes in their policies, like training its staff on transgender issues, like which pronouns to use when referring to workers and customers.
1: In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio. I'll be honest with you. That one is a little bit of a surprise to me. I I don't know where I stand on it. It's one of those moral issues that's very, very gray with me. If I owned a retail store and you come, into my st- and you come in and put a job application, you look like a, a cute little sexy girl that I think is going to be good with customers and, and charming and everyone's going to love you, and the next day you're dressing like a man and acting all husky, I'm a little bit freaked out about that. Like, did I? what did I hire? Which one was it? Did I make a bad decision or was I not given the right decision, the, enough data to work with? This to me just seems, I don't know. I don't know. I understand that workers have rights. I get that. I really, really, really do. But I also, I'm a big corporate guy. I'm a big, you know, business should be allowed to do what they want to do. Um, again, I get the human rights side of it. I do get the human rights side of it. And you may say that I'm a pig. You may say that I'm cowardly. You may say that I'm small-minded. There's times right now, I don't know what's the right word. Is it black? Is it African-American? What is it? Like, I don't know these things. Is it Latino? Is it, you know, South American? Like, I don't know. So to me, staying politically correct, like, for instance, did you know you're not supposed to say third world country anymore? At one point in time, we were calling third world countries banana republics, and we're not supposed to do that anymore. I don't get, like... I can't stay hip with all the terms. So I get the the frustration of, of retailers and who they hire and what shows up for, for work. Because, like, good God, when I was a kid, I, the idea of putting an earring in, in my ear or in my nose, it was unfathomable. And I assumed I wouldn't get hired if I had an earring in my ear or an earring in my nose, uh, much less some of the other piercings that are more than popular today. And elsewhere, let's move on, because I, I feel like I've painted myself into a corner and – I'm small-minded. Elsewhere, known for its opulence and glit. This is going to wow you. Abu Dhabi is touting its wealth and interest in attracting the world's richest tourists. Abu Dhabi is installing the world's first gold-dispensing AMT. I'm not kidding. It's a gold-dispensing AMT. You put in cash, and the machine dispenses 10-gram bars of 24-karat gold that can be custom-engraved. Pretty crazy stuff.
2: The function of the machine—it's quite easy. You put cash in, or later on with a credit card, son, and you take your gold out. And always you take gold out with twenty-four karat. Is our guarantee if you buy gold bars?
1: I used to think that America attracted terrorists because we live an opulent and decadent lifestyle compared to where they live. But good God, why would anyone even want to go to an ATM, put in $2,400 and get out two ounces of gold? That's just an odd, odd thought to me. Like that's, you're trying to impress your chick a little bit too hard if you're pulling that out of your out of your trick of bags, bag of tricks. That to me, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Next up, and this is what a story that I, I do believe in. And this is a story that I do support. And you're going to say, uh-oh, one Chicago suburbs reeling today. From what prosecutors say was a fatal fight between a gardener and a dog walker. He's known for having a perfect lawn and being fiercely protective of it, but residents in one suburban Chicago community can't believe a university park man is accused of killing a neighbor whose puppy peed
0: on his precious lawn. It's just some grass, you know. You can grow the grass back. The
1: suspect, 69-year-old Charles Clements, charged with murder in the fatal shooting of 23-year-old Joshua Fungus. Another neighbor says he stepped on Clements' grass once. Calls
2: on the cell phone, and I didn't know I stepped on his grass or whatever. He came out and said, watch it. And I just said, hold on, I live right across the street. I've been living here. My best, sir,
1: you know. Clements is held on $3 million bond. Lisa Brady, Fox News Radio. A couple of weeks ago, I put it in a whole new yard in my home, broke my back, got an awful sunburn on my neck. It was tough, tough work, rototilled for six straight hours. You step on my grass, I'll shoot you. You step on my grass, I will shoot you dead. Okay, I, I probably wouldn't shoot you dead, but I get it. I get people being protective of, of something they love. I get it. I, I don't get shooting a dog walker. But I get that people get so caught up in their own little worlds, and and they have nothing to off the world. They're just shut ins, and, and and the tension that, that that rises from something as a pet project is is, is is keeping your grass together. With that said, this is why I don't I don't flick people off. I don't flick people off because they may have a gun and shoot me. They may be so tense they may shoot me. So like if I cut you off on the highway, I'm, and and I get flicked off, I don't flick off back. What I do is I smile and I wave kindly, kind of like. Ah. And then people feel bad that they're so tense. I, I'm like, hey, I made a mistake. So it kind of diffuses the tension. Sometimes they, I get the double pump, but I don't flick people off because people are effing crazy. I don't. I do nothing. like I don't get out of my car if someone bumps me. I don't get out of my car if someone flips me off. I don't do it because someone got a gun and they're gonna shoot me. Elsewhere, when the world gets to be a little bit too much, all you need to do to relieve stress is make a phone call. Fox News Radio's Carrie Poulet reports. That's the wrong one. So we don't have the stress one? Okay, so the stress one is, and and get ready to re-cue that one. The stress story was, to relieve stress, and Carrie Poulet would say, Hey everybody, I'm Carrie Poulet. To relieve stress, all you need to do is call your mom. That's kind of cool. So I just did a story about a guy being so stressed out that some dog peed on his garden on on his grass. And, like, female dogs will kill grass. I don't know why female dogs have that extra hormone or something that kills grass. I don't know if women, if a woman peed on my yard, would it kill my grass versus a dude peeing on my grass? Because female dogs kill grass. I don't get it. But anyway, you're all stressed. Call your mom. So says Carrie Pooley. And finally, one of the founding members of the Highwaymen has died. Dave Fisher was 69 years old and died at his New York home from complications of myelofibriosis. The folk group gained popularity in the early 1960s for songs like Michael. Now, I oftentimes say I hate old people because they don't pay income taxes and they live off social security and freebies from society. But this is my this is my olive branch to you. I know that I want to eat you, turn you in food and eat you like on a cracker. I know I want you to be my soil and green, but. I'm giving you one. Old people, you probably used to listen to that. I think it's crap. It shows you that America used to make crap music. But there you go. So he's dead. That's your headline news. <laughs> Coming up, it's more of Rob Black and your money. More of Rob Black and your money at 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I've got a a store who's revamping their image and it's going to hurt another store, I guarantee it. It's Rob Black, Show, 910 AM, more stimulating talk.
0: Yes, it's the relentless pursuit of financial perfection. Get in on it. Keep listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM, more stimulating talk.
1: Hello, everybody. It's me, Robert Black. I was going to try to do a German accent, but I can't keep it up. German accents are funny. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. We've shut down the live blog at talk910.com because people suck on it. Um, So instead, what we're trying to do to get you to go to our website, mysteriously push you there, is I'm writing some live not live commentary I'm writing commentary t- t- two or three times a week you can go find it right now at talk910.com talk910.com there's also a podcast there there's you know we use songs like flight of the concord's business time there's a video of that there there's a show that I did a couple years a uh, year ago 100 things that I hate that's there you know super secret stock tips there it, it's 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 going to get better content I promise you cuz I'm I care about it now In the past, I've been kind of apathetic because my my work is too much, but now I'm committing the time to it uh, just because I love you people oh so much. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One of the stories I wanted to to scratch upon because I think it's interesting, it teaches us a lot, is Walmart. They're revamping their electronics section. Now, you and I typically don't care about this because you and I typically don't go to Walmart. I don't even know where Walmart is right now. I know where Target is. I know where Kohl's is. I know where Costco is. But Walmart's kind of been kept out of California in a lot of cities in California because Californians care. Californians care. I remember when I came here eight years ago, I was surprised at how many mom-and-pop stores there were. Um, And that Californians kind of like supporting it. And supporting a mom-and-pop is fine, but you tend to pay a little bit more for it. Because they don't get the volume, volume, volume that Walmart does. Home Depot, very similar to Walmart on a lot of levels. One of the things they do is they have an annual meeting every year in Tampa where they have their retailers come in and, and pitch. I bought a paintbrush, for instance, from Weller. It was a Weller paintbrush at Home Depot recently. What they'll do is they'll have Weller have a paintbrush. And right next to them, they'll have you know, Steve's paintbrushes. And they'll, Walmart executives in front of both guys will say, how much... For your four inch roller. One guy will say a buck nineteen, the other guy will say, I'll do it for buck seventeen. Like they pit distributors against each other. It's genius. Walmart does a kind of a similar thing. Now, Walmart is the world's largest retailer and they're gonna get bigger. Now, this story has effect on Best Buy. It does. Walmart stores expected to announce today the expansion of its electronics department. It's going to have some new Blu-ray players. It's going to have an internet-ready HDTV and smartphones. Now, typically, the way I buy my technology is I'll go to CNET's website, get the reviews of the product that I'm interested in, the category, and I'll go with the editor's choice. Typically, that's what I'll do. I know you're saying, that's, pre- that's not a lot of research, Rob. You're-, you're exposing yourself to potentially getting played pretty hard there. I know. I know. But that's typically how I'll buy most of my electronics. Now, the Bentonville, Arkansas-based discount giant, they said nearly all Walmart stores would see an increase in the number of 42-inch TVs, and more than half would see an increase in the number of 55-inch TVs. I think I've got a 42-incher. I don't think I really want a 50, 55. It's too big at some point in time. It's kind of like saying, you know, well, I got to have bigger, huger, stronger, bigger. Maybe I have a 48. I don't even know what I have. That's That's how important it is to me. Uh, does it look small on my wall? No. I feel more than comfortable with it. But Walmart's going to introduce a new technology center, and it's going to be introduced to 1,200 stores. It's going to showcase ultra-thin backlit and edge-lit LED TVs from LG, from Samsung, from Sony. And one of the knocks on, on shopping at Walmart in the past is you couldn't get some of the name brands. Like, you'd get LG, but you never get a Sony. Like, that just wasn't there. It wasn't going to be a choice. So Walmart's rolling out a dedicated area for for pay-as-you-go, no-contract, mobile broadband products. Again, can they get the name products? Because that's going to be important. Walmart's executives are saying that the moves, which should give rivals such as Best Buy some extra competition, they're intended to tap into the consumer's increasing interest in gadgets and all things technology. Now, again, the way I buy technology is I like to get someone else's review of it, and I like to go to a trusted resource like uh, CNET. It's pretty important to me. Uh, to have at least one voice of reason. And again, at CNET Reviews, I'll read I'll read your reviews of their reviews and I'll, I'll get a feel for like maybe some guy who's you know around my age just couldn't figure it out. So I'll say, well, maybe I won't be able to figure it out. So I, I play into a lot of that. But one of the things that Best Buy used to have as a huge advantage is we really wanted to see it and we really wanted somebody to show it to us. And Best Buy had really, really great employees in the 1980s, super employees, 10 out of 10. I think they've got they've lost a little bit of edge. I think they're like more of an eight out of ten now. But Circuit City, when you went in there, it was dirty, nasty, foul. You'd go in and these you'd be like, these guys just did a drug deal, <laughs> like you just did a drug deal. Um, and for the record, I, I kind of wish that drug dealers had more product because they're just too limited. You know, when they, when you're going into a concert, they're like, hey, you want some dope? Kind of wish that they had something else. Like uh, for me, I, I'd, I'd like a nice organizer. A, a nice pocket organizer. So I think they would – and then they can get me hooked on dope and, and crack cocaine later. Just use the organizers kind of like that, 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 that product into my life. Um, but I'm totally digressing, and I don't even remember – oh, you'd go into Circuit City, and it just felt like drug dealers were working there. Like, they was dirty. They weren't well-trained. You felt that they were on a commission, and they would, they'd always steer you to the product that made them the most money. Best Buy said, we don't have commission salespeople. They will steer you to their favorite." So they did a good thing with that, and and, you know, I I think this Walmart announcement—it's a small hit to Best Buy. It is a small, small hit, but it is a hit because people like me—we now know that we can get a HD TV going. We now know that you know the cables are a little bit more complicated than than the old technology, but we feel we can get it done. So I'm not going to go to Walmart to get a TV unless I'm doing my research and CNET says the best TV is a Sony. 50 XBR and then my next move is to go to Google and hit Sony 50 XBR and if, if it shows up in Walmart as being $100 cheaper you damn well better believe I'll, I'll drive 10 more miles or 20 more miles to get $100 off um, because that's an extra $100 that I can you know uh, throw the way of my belly I can have a nice steak I can have five really nice steaks for that and that's good stuff that's, that's good living so to speak so Walmart's story I'm not going to say that it changes my view of the world, that they're adding more electronics, but I kind of like that they're starting to get a little bit more appropriate product for their stores because in the past, I think it, it was pretty well known that, yeah, they they started hiring some designers, but they're still using some cheap products in their clothes. So that's where they really got hurt. Elsewhere, let's change the topics and let's let's reset. It's Rob Black in your money. It's not Rob Black and my money. It's Rob Black and your money. So it's a show for you. You need to call me. Otherwise, it's just a very long monologue of what's in the world of Rob. That's okay. But the show's not called The World of Rob. It's called Rob Black and your money. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. And for all of you out-of-staters who moaned and groaned that you couldn't call the show, now you can. Show up. I want to see a call from New York or from Ohio or from Wisconsin the people who said they couldn't call the show a couple weeks ago. 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. I, I, I heard your complaint, and I went to my boss, Ricky, who I call Little Ricky. Hey, little Ricky, um, And he got it done. He got it done. Let's change the topics ever so slightly and talk about earthquake insurance. Some people believe in it. Some people don't believe in it. Some people who've been through a big old earthquake like the 1994 Northridge quake. They believe in it. Now some people have to pay as much as $2,500 a year for coverage. Some people pay as much as $7,100. Depends on the cost of your home and the cost of rebuilding it. That's a lot of money for insurance. You typically don't see insurance levels that high. Now insurance rates are going higher. Everyone knows it. Earthquakes in Chile and in Haiti this year. Was that this year? I guess it was this year. Um, Powerful reminder that we need to be prepared for the worst. We really need to be prepared for the worst. Now, I recommend earthquake insurance if you live somewhere close to a fault and if you've got a lot of equity in the house. If you just bought the house a year ago, Heidi and her husband just bought a house a year ago. I bought a house a year ago. Well, I put a lot down, so I got a lot of equity in it. If you didn't put anything down and you don't have a lot of equity in it, Okay, so the house falls over. You you move. You don't cry about it because you didn't have any equity in it. You know, you move. You tell the government, sorry, can't pay that loan back. You move. So, insure what you can't afford to lose. That's why you get term life insurance for twenty years because it, that covers your twenty years of working. You don't get whole life or variable life. That's crap. Insure your car in case you hit another car of lawyers. If you got a, a I got a ten year old car. I don't care. I don't want to insure it. I want to insure me hitting someone else. So insure what you can't afford to lose. That's the phrase that pays, ladies and gents. It's the Rob Black show. No, no, no. It's Rob Black and your money. Nine ten a.m. Coming up, business time. We're going to get down and dirty with business.
0: like finding a 20 in your inside coat pocket. All right, well, actually, it's more like finding a 10 in your inside coat pocket, but it still feels pretty good. It's the Rob Black Show on 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
1: Ladies and gents, nah, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready for some business time. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. So let's talk about the top stories out there today. SAP. They're from Germany. They've recently been talking about making bolder and more decisive moves. They did just that thing today. They bought fellow business software maker, Sybase, for $5.25 billion. Now, the acquisition of By SAP into the database software market where its products are going to overlap with its longtime rival Oracle more than ever. It's it's Clash of the Titans here. The deal heats up competition to gather, store, analyze huge amounts of sales, data, uh, customer and employee data being produced by modern companies. Now, executives of SAP and Sybase, they both said that they intend to focus on creating new types of numbers of processing software that rely on Sybase's strength in transporting data to and from smartphones of customers. This is literally going to connect the shop floor to the corner office. Um, terms of the deal, SAP plans to pay $65 a share for Sybase through a tender offer of 56% premium, the closing price of $41 yesterday. So Sybase gets a sweet deal. Now, with that said, who's competitors of SAP now? It's Oracle? It's another company that I... I I've liked it. I've endorsed. I called it one of the best stocks for 2010. It's a company called software.com or salesforce.com, salesforce.com slightly different than software.com. So it's salesforce.com ticker symbol CRM. Let's move on into business news. The likelihood that patients in the United States may someday receive a heart defibrillator that can operate without electric wires connected to the heart has moved a step closer. It's a wireless defibrillator. I don't know if I like that. Like, I just set up a wireless musical system in my home, and that's cool, but it delivers music. It doesn't, like, keep my heart moving. So, the development of the new type of defibrillator has long been pursued by researcher Dr. Gustav Bardi at the Seattle Institute for Cardiac Research. Ultimately, a lot of these heart defibrillators that are put into our body, uh, they fail because of the wiring inside. Defibrillators fire an electrical jolt to interrupt a potentially fatal heart rhythm and restore the heart to a normal beat, For a unit to function, a surgeon must thread an electrical sensing wire through a blood vessel into the patient's heart. Now, the wires pose risk because they can ultimately puncture the heart during an implantation or fracture while in place. So, wireless, external, internal defibrillators. Wild. Wild, I tell you. It's good living in the 21st century. So, at some point in the next 10 years, 15 years, I'll probably have a heart attack. I uh, probably will. I mean that I work too much and I have a man who drinks butter. I drink a gallon of butter a day for breakfast and a gallon of butter a day for dinner. And I don't get to do any drugs until I finish my dessert. Anyway, Disney is selling a big franchise in business time today. The media investor, Heims Bond. He basically said today that he bought back the rights to the biggest franchise. Disney's selling a franchise. Now, that doesn't sound like Disney. Disney recently acquired Marvel so they could have superheroes, they acquired Pixar so they could have comic uh, TV movies. Uh, you get what Disney, you know, they've got their own cast of characters. Now, what do you think Disney's selling? Moms hated the show. It's Power Rangers. Power Rangers is the first acquisition by Mr. Saban's new brands and licensing division. He basically made his fortune in children's entertainment and now owns a big stake in Univision. Uh, Saban Capital Group is going to invest $500 million in Saban brands and basically bringing back the Power Rangers under his wing. Power Rangers was wildly popular in the 1990s. I remember there was, in the 1990s, when the internet really started to explode, there was, see the nude pink Power Ranger. Like, that was one of those things that, that titillated teenage boys because they had grown up with Power Rangers. Now I never saw I've never actually seen a whole episode of Power Rangers, so I don't really know what it's about. Um, but it's remained in production since the nineties and it's actually in its eighteenth season now, um, which is kind of nuts, right? So Nickelodeon's picking it up. It just never worked for Disney. Disney's moms just hated it. It anyway, it was kind of a black sheep over at Disney, and staying with Disney real quick for business time. Club penguin. Um, this is a subscription-based online community. It was acquired by Walt Disney in 2007. It's failed to meet profit targets that were tied to the 350 million in payouts to the website's creators. Um, Disney's purchase of Club Penguin was valued at 700 million, with half the total paid up front and half coming in two payments therefrom. Um, I know some parents that have used Club Penguin, and it's it's one of those websites. It's kind of structured uh, to keep out perverts. Kind of structured to keep out. You know, things that hurt our kids. Club Penguin members pay six bucks a month to dress Penguin characters and play games. It's stumbling. Now, the site attracted about six million unique visitors in April, which is a pretty good number. But that's a 10% decline from the same month last year. So there's just so much content out on the Internet. I can't keep up with it. I don't know how can moms keep up with it. And, you know, keeping an eyeball and make sure that your kid's not getting screwed in the process. But Disney says the numbers are, are incorrect. They're citing some internal estimates that show a 20% year over year increase in unique visitors. I'm not quite sure, but to me, it sounds like, you know, it just doesn't feel terribly good. Um, they don't sell advertising on the site. So the paying subscribers are a big part of it. Now, um, the strategy, sometimes a big company like Disney will acquire a, a pretty cool, pretty savvy company that's cutting edge and they just don't got the corporate culture. That's why mergers and acquisitions don't always work. There's, you know, there's companies like Madge Networks and, and Bay Networks that if you go back, they predated, they long predated Cisco Systems and they just did some bad mergers like East Coast and West Coast getting together and they just, it, you know, you put the surfers with the tense, tense people on the East Coast and it's not a good marriage, either from a management style or from internals and how the companies operate. So every time companies do mergers and acquisitions, I pay attention because I want to see if the, if the culture fits right or not. And finally, today in business time, foreclosure activity it decreased 9% in the month of April. That's good news. I wrote an article on, for a blog for Talk910.com that I posted yesterday, and I talked about foreclosures, and I talked about the stimulus running out and how I expect real estate now to go sideways to slightly down um, until we see jobs go up. Jobs are the key important factor for me. But default notices, scheduled auctions, bank repossessions, uh, in the month of April we saw about 333,000 of them. That's a 9% decrease from the previous month and a 2% decrease from April 2009. Listen to this. One in every 387 houses in America received a foreclosure filing during the month. April was the first month in history to see an annual decrease in U.S. foreclosure activity. Bank repossessions or REOs hit a record monthly high for the report, even while default notices dropped substantially on a monthly and annual basis. I got an email yesterday from a woman who wants She wants to buy a default, uh, a foreclosed home, but she can't seem to get them. You know, by the time she gets to it, some someone's already snatched it up. Everyone wants to buy a foreclosed home. Everyone wants to buy a cheap home. And you don't have the inside track on it. The inside track are the um, real estate agents and the banking agents who know about the product. So most people aren't going to get what they want in a foreclosure. You can try, but most people aren't going to get what they want. You might get lucky and find out your neighbor's selling a house short sale and you can pick that up. But it's very, very tough, very, very tough to get in on that market. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can email me, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I have my own app now at Apple iTunes Store under Rob Black and your money. I don't care if you buy it or not. Just give me good feedback. I want my five stars, and I want want you to exaggerate the feedback. Like, I once saw Rob turn straw into gold. Buy this app. I once saw Rob six-pack abs and was wildly impressed. Buy this app. Uh, You don't get big unless you embellish. Anyway, stay tuned. Right around the corner, we're going to talk billionaires, millionaires, and how they live. It's Rob Black Show, nine ten AM. More stimulating talk.
0: Like blowing ten grand in Vegas on the first day, and then making it all back and more on the second. The Rob Black Show on nine ten a.m. More stimulating
1: talk. This is my finish line. I am fourteen minutes away from being out of here. Huh? Just opening up the Wall Street Journal. One of the things that I do like is uh, I like to read the Wall Street Journal cover to cover. To me, it's like Juggs Magazine. It's fantastic. It's um, it's easily digestible. More often than not, there's at least one, maybe two ideas that I, it'll generate in my head. Not everyone. Not every day. You know, you can watch the price of petroleum. You can watch the price of steel. You can see how commodities are doing. There's something in there. There's something unique. There really is. Every now and then, I'll see something that just makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Uh, like, you know, Queen Latifah. Ringing the closing bell. I don't get it. You know, it's, I don't get it. But there's, you know, there's good news. For instance, on page C5 today, they're saying, good news, IBM. You know, IBM yesterday was up huge. And one thing that the CEO said at an annual meeting was that he expects earnings to double at least $20 a share by 2015. That's pretty good. 2015's kind of right around the corner. And if they're doubling the earnings, you can see how the, the share price might go higher. It's one hundred thirty two dollars stock with a nice little dividend. I like IBM. If I weren't doing this for a living, I'd buy some IBM and I would make love sweet love this weekend. But because I do this for the week for the living, I gotta be smarter than that. I gotta like I gotta like reinvent the wheel sometimes. Yesterday Electronic Arts was down five percent that got great results. But the publisher said the current quarter may disappoint some investors. So I, I just I dig the Wall Street Journal. I dig the New York Times. I dig the Financial Times. I dig the L.A. Times, the Chicago Tribune, the Washington Post. I have no need for the San Francisco Chronicle. Because in eight years of living in the Bay Area, they've never once wrote a glowingly loving review of me. I, I get it. I get it. They don't get it. They don't get what I do. They're too busy for me. But they've never once even acknowledged my presence. Brad Keva from the San Jose Mercury News, he's hes acknowledged my presence. And he says that I do the best radio show on, in radio. He actually didn't say that. I just embellished that. But he did acknowledge my presence. And that's all it need like my ego needs a little stroke and so San Francisco Chronicle, I ignore you until you acknowledge me. Let's go to Mario in South San Francisco. Hey Mario. How you doing? Mario, is that a tough name to have? Mm, no. Not with Mario brothers and do they, everyone goes, Hey, is your brother Luigi?
2: I don't hear that a lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just the people that you hang out with. That's all.
1: Oh, snap.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I get it. Knock me when I'm down. I get it.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. What's up? Like, like, a quick question. I've been laid off but now. It's been a year. Okay. And I never touched my 401k. It's been sitting there. Yeah. Um, when I um, left the company, it was under 100. Right now, it's just a little over 100. My question is, is it a good idea to just leave it there or just roll it over into a, a rollover?
1: That's a good question. You lost your I'm already,
2: job. I'm 51 years old already.
1: You lost your job a year ago. There's yeah. a 401k with 100000 in it at your old firm. How do you feel about the choices that are in that 401k?
2: Well, they were doing just fine until about a
1: week ago. Yeah, let's let's not talk about performance how do you feel about the company the, the mutual funds you could choose from is it is it a lot do you feel that the product's good do you feel that the, it's not too expensive
2: well it's not too expensive for me because I't have to I don't pay nothing okay uh, I still get the benefits of you know the uh, what do they call it um uh, I, I don't get charged any fees at all whatsoever. okay good
1: so, so you'll probably be charged fees if you transfer it to an IRA which you right. have to be you have to acknowledge um, well,
2: my- my choice is I used to work for a mutual fund company, and that's why I don't get charged any, any fees at all. And if I were over, i probably be with the same company. Yeah. My question is, is it a good idea to leave it in a 401k versus, you know, because I'm at the mercy of the market, obviously, every time.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you, you say that, and, and let me, here's my angle, and this is mm-hmm. as, as clear as I can be, is if you're comfortable with where it was, leave it there. If you've never done your own account, and it would be a self-directed IRA, uh, it would be a rollover IRA. You'd call Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard, and I'm guessing Schwab. It sounds like you probably worked at Schwab. And you'd call Schwab and say, I, I want to roll it over. I think that's a fine idea, but a lot of people suddenly freeze and get intimidated at that point in time, and they're not very good at picking their own you know, funds. Yeah. So you have to be good at picking your own funds. You have to be comfortable with it. You have to pay attention to paperwork because it's a 30-day process. Which, you know, you may want to watch the NBA Finals this year. Yeah. And you get too caught up in, in potentially, oh, I don't have time for that financial paperwork. Once you start the transfer, you got to pay attention to it until it's closed and done.
2: Yeah. I, I, like I said, it, it was too fun. I, I was going to get thought by like rolling it over, but I was waiting to hit, you know, like the 125 mark, which that was about few thousand away. Yeah. And then, like I said, last week, it just took a
1: hit. I, I think you are going to roll it over, roll it over. Last week it took a hit, but this week it came right back. Yeah. Probably.
2: So it's, com- it's coming back up again. It just, yeah. you know. So you think it's just leave it there if I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, it,
1: it, it comes down to comfort level, to me. Yeah. If there's no fees, there's no reason to move it. Yeah. Um, if the company might go bankrupt, you know, maybe you might be a little freaked out about it. A lot of people have their 401ks at Enron. They lost all their life savings, not because their 401k was at Enron. It was because their 401k invested in Enron. So a lot of people in my industry will say, "Oh, take it with you, roll it over." Another thing, Mario, is if you have other investment accounts, maybe you want to consolidate them into one so it's a little bit more efficient and you can see it a little bit easier. Uh, for a lot of people, that's a big issue. So I would I would roll it over if that's the case. Um, but if if you've got no problems, I I think just roll with it. So okay, sounds good. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good weekend, Mario. I know it's only Thursday, but to me, it's Aloha Thursday. There's a chance I don't make it in tomorrow. Just to be quite honest with you, I feel like it's Friday. I feel like it's Friday. Maybe I'll sleep in. Maybe I won't tune in tomorrow to find out. Will Rob even have a job tomorrow? Now, interesting to note, I I saw a headline today, and we put up the story at our webpage, talk910.com, talk910.com. We're going to do a little bit more of that. When I talk about a story, we're we're going to link it. Five billionaires who live below their means. What's interesting here is each of these men are worth a fortune and they teach you something. If you want to be rich and I'm not talking billionaires, if you want to be rich, be frugal. If you want to be rich, have a no frills approach. They've paid off and that's paid off in their businesses at least once in your life. Maybe even once a week, you fantasize about becoming into a lot of money. Now, Warren Buffett, for instance, millions of people read Warren Buffett books and, and follow every move that he makes now, the real secret of Buffett's personal fortune, it could be that he's frugal. He's worth $47 billion, and he doesn't have an opulent home. He doesn't have luxury items. He doesn't have a jet. He doesn't have a boat. He lives in a modest home in Omaha, Nebraska. He purchased it for $31,000 50 years ago, and he still lives in it. So, Buffett, he's denied, you know, the, the luxuries. He doesn't want them. Now, he's dined in some of the best restaurants in the world. He would probably opt, though, for a good burger and fries, company with a cherry Coke. I mean, he's old school. There's another guy named Carlos Slim Hulu. He's the Mexican Bill Gates. He's the Mexican Warren Buffett. And he's a native of Mexico, and he recently named was named the world's richest man after. Right, no, no, that's before Microsoft's uh, Bill Gates. Now, Slim is worth $53 billion, and he could live extraordinary. But he doesn't indulge. He doesn't own a yacht. He doesn't own a plane, lived in the same home for 40 years. Crazy, right? Like, you wouldn't imagine that. Now, Ingvar Kamprad, founder of the Swiss, Swiss furniture phenomenon, Ikea. Now, I hate Ikea. I'll tell you something. I hate Ikea. I know you can get some good things there, but I also know you can get a lot of crap there that's impossible to put together. For Ingvar Kamprad figured out how to save money. It's not just for his customers. It's his high personal value. He says, Ikea people do not drive flashy cars or stay at luxury hotels. So that's crazy, right? He flies coach. He doesn't fly business. When he needs to get around town locally, he takes a bus or he heads out in his 15-year-old Volvo. Now, the head of Ikea, a billionaire, drives a 15-year-old car. Love it. Love it. Chuck Feeney. He grew up in the Depression, and his angle is, I set out to work hard, not to get rich. Along the way, he got rich. He's co-founder of Duty Free Shoppers. He's quietly become a billionaire. Even more secretly, he's given almost all of the way through his foundations. So he's given more than $600 million to his alma mater, Cornell. He's given billions to schools, research departments, and hospitals. You know what's interesting to note is our billionaires, when they give money, they give it to foundations because they don't like the way big organizations like the Red Cross work. They, they don't like the... They don't like giving to charities that have an organization tied towards it. They give it to their own foundations that can, you know, figure out where to give the shots and not get the bloated foundation and not get the bloated uh, underneath of it. One more billionaire names Frederick Meyer. And if you live in the Midwest, you've probably shopped at a Frederick Meyer's chain of grocery stores. He's worth about five million dollars. He buys reasonably priced cars. He drives them until they die. He chooses affordable motels when he travels He's focused on the good his wealth can provide his community. Bottom line here is that we live way beyond our ways and means. You'll never see me in a BMW. It won't happen. I don't want it. I think I'd, I'd rather give my money to an animal shelter to save some animals. So the world's wealthiest people, they don't act like it. You should stop acting like the world's wealthiest person because you're not. So It's a habit you might want to consider in order to build up your own little storehouse of cash, in my opinion. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> just throwing it out there because I think it's it's Pretty good advice. We've got one more article up at the, the webpage today that you can go take a look at. It's called $1 Million, Too Little to Retire On. One of the things I do on the show is say, I want to get you to a $1 million so you can live off $40,000 a year till the day you die. If you're 20, a million's not going to be enough. If you're 60, it might be enough. So I throw out a lot of things that just are, it's conventional wisdom. It says you need about a million. Right? Social security benefits, I think, are going to slide. Um, a lot of saving advice out there, I think, is inadequate. I think it's it's inane. Scott Trade recently pulled 226 investment advisors. They found that 71% of them don't believe a million is enough for the average American family. The average retiree now should expect to spend about $250,000 in, in healthcare costs in retirement. Younger generations need to set their retirement goals higher than other generations, and they need to start saving sooner rather than later. So I love you 25-year-old hot girls. You're sexy. You're beautiful. Just know that One day when you're 60, you want a million plus dollars. Stop spending money on on shoes. I love the younger generation, but you've got to take care of yourself financially. Otherwise, it's getting bad for you. People who are 18 to 26, they need to save $2 million. 40% of advisors think that number for a 18-year-old to 26 might be closer to $3 million. So that's a lot of money. And the way you do it when you're young is $200 a month, every month. You make it part of your budget. You make it part of your lifestyle. $200 a month, every month. You start socking away money because money doubles every seven years. So if you pull that off, you're going to be a win-win at chicken dinner. If you don't start saving until you're 30, there's a good chance you work till the day you die. If you start saving at 40, I almost guarantee you, you're going to work till the day you die or you're going to be living below the poverty line in retirement. It's Rob Black and your money. Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can go get my app. I've got an app at the iTunes store. Rob Black, your money. Say nice things about me. That's the only thing I care about. I'm vain like that. 9, 10 a.m. Coming up tomorrow, Dan Rusinowski, voice of the San Jose Sharks, and more me in 22 hours.
2: It's
0: always